Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Manufacturing Matters brought to you by the Australian Manufacturing Association. We are so pumped to bring you some more episodes like we did last year, talking to local Australian manufacturers, giving them the opportunity to spotlight their business, talk about who they are, but also give some advice and, and information around some of the challenges that they've faced uh, in the past um, and what solutions they've uh, brought into their business to be able to overcome those challenges. So to kick us off this year, I'm, I'm excited to, to have with me Anton Antonidis from Security Plus Shutters, Doors and Blinds. Uh, Anton, thanks for joining me. Good afternoon and thank you very much for having me and also thank you very much for just running this, this program in general. I, I love these, uh, these associations. I think they have provide a lot of value for, for our industry, but also for a lot of other industries as well. No, I appreciate that, mate, and and we're uh, we're we're wrapped to have you on board as a member, but um, we're we're here to talk about you today. So, um, Security Plus, tell us tell us all about it, mate. What do you do? Who do you service? Um, what sort of products do you manufacture? Yeah, fantastic. So, um, Security Plus shutters, doors, and blinds was started by my dad uh, back about thirty years ago. Um, back when you know it was just security shutters, and there was only really one thing on the market. And since then, he's kind of expanded and, and brought on a lot more products. So we started doing, you know, security doors, fly screens, grills, colorbond flashing, indoor blinds, outdoor blinds, uh, plantation shutters. So we've kind of uh, tried to provide a one-stop shop for our customers. That's sort of been the the goal. And uh, speaking of customers, we we range, we service quite a large range of customers. So we have our our standard, you know, retail customers. Uh, we also do a lot of wholesale. Um, and in, since I've come on board uh, around four years ago, we've uh, also broken into the commercial market as well. So my job specifically is uh, a commercial manager, but my background, I was actually a structural engineer and, and business management background and kind of started off in welding, then worked my way through estimating and drafting engineering all the way up to project management, operations management in commercial construction. So. Just trying to bring all that knowledge and, and value across to my family business and trying to continue, you know, the legacy that my dad started back then. Yeah, cool. And I, I'm sure you've got some memories of when you were a kid, um, dad, dad working and, and, and sort of running around causing havoc through the, through the workshop. But um, how, much, how much has it changed? I mean, you mentioned uh, the, the, a significant difference in the product mix. Um, which is awesome. Mm. And, and from our previous conversations, uh, I know that the 95% of what you guys do is manufactured locally uh, here in Melbourne. Is that right? In uh, in Coburg, is it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I always liked the joke, you know, when I was growing up, most kids had, you know, Legos or Meccanos, uh, whereas <laughs> I had uh, fly screens and grills. Uh, so, you know, we had a we had a small garage in the backyard. Uh, it's, a, it's a very, so I guess, typical ethnic story, uh, migrant story. So, yeah, we just had the small garage at the back and I would help my dad with, with whatever I could and then eventually work my way up to cleaning up all the plastic and wrapping from job sites. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, since then we've uh, moved a couple of factories and we've now settled uh, into Coburg North. We've got three factories there and uh, we also have a factory up in New South Wales in Ingleburn. Yep. And yeah, we, we manufacture uh, pretty much everything except the plantation shutters, uh, which we import ourselves, but we have you know specific relations with our supplier, you know, a good relationship with them. It's not like, a, oh yeah, never see them, don't know what they look like, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, we are very 
as a business, we are very relationship focused um, and our, our wholesale uh, clients are a testament to that. Yep. We, you know, we'll take on say the difficult customer just because they like to sit down and have a coffee with us and, you know, just chat for a bit. <clears throat> it's not all just business, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's pretty typical of, of uh, family-based um, businesses. And, and it's one thing that I love about manufacturing is it is, um, you look at you look at it around Australia that the majority of businesses are family run businesses. Um, that mm. we we don't have a lot of those really large uh, corporate based manufacturing businesses. It is it is the the smaller ones, and you hear a lot of stories like yours of um, yeah the kids sort of being involved. And um, obviously yeah. we we don't condone sort of child child slavery when it comes to those yeah, yeah. sorts of things. Um, that 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 gave you a couple of bucks or bought you some candy along the way. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's 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 really. I think those stories are really cool and um and and really interesting. But sort of back to back to the products. Um, you, you mentioned that uh, it's it, the bulk of them are are manufactured here. But what what sort of sets your products uh, apart? What what is it about them that um uh, people should could, could come and buy from you rather than someone else? Yeah, well, I mean, touching base on on what you said before, we asked before about how the products changed over the years. Um, I mean, it started off, like I said, in the garage, but what's really helped the business grow is uh, my dad in particular was very creative and was always striving for for something a little bit different. And so, for example, you know, our, our manufacturing capabilities are, uh, have really grown a lot over the last you know, 30 years. We now have, say, a plugging machine for our roller shutters so that that automatically feeds the pieces together and, and rolls them up that exponentially increases, you know, our manufacturing capability. And then, yeah, like I said, having a lot of different products, uh, making us like a one-stop shop. And what we've tried to focus on, because we find a lot with one-stop shops, people are kind of like the, uh, what do you call it? The, the jack of all trades, master of none sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so we've what we've tried to do is stay away from that. So anytime we've brought on a a new production line, uh, whether it was the the indoor blinds or the outdoor blinds or the security doors, we've we haven't just brought it on as like a oh yeah we'll just do it because people are asking for it. We we spend a lot of time researching uh, which products are good, uh, what suppliers are good, what makes a good quality product, and we focus on on maintaining that quality and, and representing. Uh, whatever brands it is that we're that we're manufacturing, uh, our professional memberships help with that. So we're mem- we're board members of the National Security Screens Association, the NSSA, and you know they they have an auditing uh, platform where they they can actually come out to the factory and audit your manufacturing process to make sure that you're manufacturing you know to the relevant standards. And yeah. I mean, if you think about say a security door, a, a customer, the end user is buying that for protection they want to feel safe in their own home they want to have privacy they want to have security you don't really want that manufactured or supplied by someone who's not really familiar with what's required you know and and it's not something that's done maliciously it's just sometimes people don't know any better so that's something that we we want to avoid and we want to do it as um you know to the best of our ability by getting ordered to doing the right thing and, and making sure we're providing quality products yeah, and I think uh, I think I've mentioned this in almost every episode so far, but that, I think that's the biggest thing with Australian manufacturers is is quality and and ultimately customer service. Mm. And um, I know in our recent conversation, you mentioned uh, that your products have some level of of certification to meet those standards, which are, are obviously important for a variety of reasons. But um, yeah, take us through some of that. What are because obviously it's a painful yeah. exercise at times to be able to get that. Yeah. 
um, and maintain yeah, it. Yeah. But obviously, it's important to to maintain that quality quality level of, of product. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, so that that's probably uh, one one of the biggest factors um, after obviously our, our manufacturing capabilities, our our certification. When I say you know dedication to quality, like the 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 biggest certification um, marker that we have for our, which is for our motors, uh, which our tubular motors, which goes, you know, into our, uh, our indoor blinds, outdoor blinds and, and roller shutters. Uh, these motors, like any electronic product in Australia, needs to have a, what's called a regulatory compliance mark uh, or an RCM. Most, a lot of people might've noticed it. It's basically a tick within a circle, within a triangle. And that is required on any electronic product in Australia to be sold within Australia. Most people are familiar with the CE uh, mark that's on a lot of electronic products. It just stands for like, uh, I think it's French for European certification. Um, But it's basically a a step up from that. So it makes products compliance for Australia specifically. And we we put that on, on all of our motors and all of our electronic products, but you know the the problem really that we face is um, there's not too much, I guess, uh, enforcement of that requirement from the government. So I can, for example, bring in motors from wherever I want in the world and have them without this certification and sell them. And only if there is a problem will there be any kind of consequences. Like you know, insurance will look at it and say, oh, you know, hey, this product is not certified, so we're not going to warrant it. Which really means, I mean, as a as a business, maybe I've got insurance and I'll cover myself with that. But the person that loses out is the end user, the customer whose house has been yeah. damaged, and they have to go through the inconvenience of of getting all that sorted. So you know, we we make sure that our our motors have that that compliance mark, and we we push that as much as we can within the market. But yeah, again, um, comply uh, regulation. I think is is probably the the best thing for pushing that in in america for example if you bring in something that doesn't comply with american standard they don't even let you collect it from the dock uh it doesn't doesn't they don't wait until it gets all the way to the customer's house and then something happens god forbid um yeah yeah and and then then you're trying to sit there and hold the can yeah well look it's great that you guys are doing that and and obviously it does uh, does take a bit of work to maintain it but it's um yeah i think it obviously based on what you've just mentioned there it is it is incredibly important um, to, to to maintain that and and uh, I guess continue to push um, what everybody else does, which is is the quality of product, the safety of product, um, and making sure that it all complies with with the the relevant standards. But talk to me talk to me a little bit about customer service because I know in our conversation the other day mm-hmm. you were out on site mm-hmm. um, programming somebody's remote, <laughs> so it's not yes. just yeah. it's yeah. not just yeah, uh, it's not just making the product, but mm-hmm. yeah, you also get a little bit probably more hands on than what you should, but um, yeah. you're out there supporting yeah. in the field as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we are, as a family business, what what do we do? You know, as family, family is there when you need them. Um, they support you when you need them. And we, we try to weave those values into our company. So uh, as, you know, we have all the supporting documentation for all of our stuff uh, and we support people as much as we can. But sometimes you just, you just get a block, something goes wrong, you can't fix it. You're at the customer's house. We don't want our our clients, you know, looking silly in front of the customer for whatever reason. So we get out there and we we handle it, whatever needs to be done. Um, you know, my my dad drove an hour over the weekend to to program someone's remote, um, just because that that's what we'll do for our customers. You know, we yeah. we that that customer service is is what we pass on um, as a family trait. 
Yeah, nice. So it's sort of ingrained in the values and and the hard work and yeah. making sure the customer's happy, which is really cool. But um, so uh, what what sort of areas do you do you guys cover and service? Um, is it is it national? Is it is it specific states? Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so we so we service pretty much in Victoria, anywhere in Victoria. Uh, I've been on on some jobs. So I've driven three hours to to get the site. Um, we've got clients in in far eastern Victoria, out in um, in Traralgon, and uh, we service most areas of New South Wales as well. We found a you know part of our uh, you know going back to compliance, um, our our Bell Forty roller shutters. That that Bell rating is for you know the, those bushfire areas, those really greeny sort of areas. So Bell Forty is like the second highest bushfire rating below Bell FZ, and um, you know, we <clears throat> we go out to those areas that, that are in need, and and a lot of times it's required uh, by architects or councils um, that they have, say, Bell Forty roller shutters or potentially fire attenuation screens, which is uh, that fire attenuation is another compliance marker for us for our for our grills. Yeah, and so we we service all these areas um, simply because there is a need for the products out there, and a lot of times it is safety uh, conscious. Like I said, with the with the bell ratings and the and the bushfire areas, so we're trying to get out there and making sure that those areas are using a good quality product um, that's compliant. Obviously, you know when something's so safety focused, uh, that's you know <laughs> make sure that's the first thing that's that's getting that's getting done well. Yeah, no, of course, of course, and um, yeah, okay, so so uh, mainly mainly focused in in uh, metro and regional Victoria, but also servicing New South Wales as well. So that's yeah, that's cool. Okay, yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anything else you'd like to tell us about about Security Plus? I mean, what what sort of uh, any any other points of difference um, relevant to the business? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, our um, as a business, where you know our products, like I said, we touched on them with the quality and all that kind of stuff. But as a business, as well, with our with our employees, um, passing again those family traits on, um, we've. One of the hurdles sort of we had to overcome, obviously, with um, with employing and, and staff and all that kind of stuff. So we put a big focus on staff retention. So making sure that you know our our employees are, are happy, they feel heard, and they have a sense of belonging in the workplace. I mean, we see them every day. We you know we hang around, we have conversations more more so than our own families. So yeah, we just try making sure that. People feel at home uh, at work as much as we can. Obviously, you know, <laughs> people don't want to be living there, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. we're making sure that yeah, we're having like just normal conversations. You know, learn, taking the time to learn someone's family members' name, their kids' names, what their interests are outside of work. Um, you know, those kinds of things that we feel make the workplace um, happier, which we hope in turns also passes on to the um, to their customer service and their the care that they put into the product. Yeah. As opposed to you know trying to rule by fear, and then the first opportunity they get to maybe not do something or get away with something, uh, yeah, yeah, we try to avoid that situation. Obviously, yeah, no, but what is that? It's positional authority. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work anymore. Because um, I think yeah. that is one of the challenges that we discussed was was obviously staffing, and we know that that's that's mm. a very common uh, challenge for all manufacturers within Australia, irrespective of the type of manufacturing that you're in. Um, so you, you, what you're saying is you've uh, that's obviously a challenge that you faced, and um, you're able to get mm. some good people. But the the key focus is on on retention and and retaining staff, and 
Um, I, I think you mentioned to me that one of the, the, the biggest things that has worked for you is, is um, just allowing staff members to be heard. Uh, when they've got a suggestion, when they've got an idea, yep. um, you're listening, you're taking it on board um, and, and working with them to, to try and, and uh, implement that kind of solution. I mean, I remember walking around your, your factory, there was a couple of uh, different benches um, and trolleys yep. that, that were staff member ideas yep. that you, you took on board to help make their job easier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we just, I mean, if people have uh, some kind of experience in the past that is in some way relevant, a lot of times people don't come to us from our industry, the blinds or, or shutters industry or anything like that. And they still have like relevant knowledge that, that could be useful. So by inviting, you know, collaboration and, and when we have a suggestion, we run it by them as well. We say, hey, you know, we're thinking of doing this. Do you have any suggestions that, you know, do you think you think would be able to, to help or improve the idea that we've come up with? Now, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the staff are the ones that are using these more than more so than we are. We're everywhere. We use them sometimes. Sometimes we're out on the road, uh, like the, the, the management team, I mean. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we try to make it so that they're comfortable and they uh, work in an environment where they feel they've made a meaningful contribution to and in a way that, you know, is useful and it's efficient, you know, and it's helped improve things. Yeah, it's something to be proud of um, that they've, they've made right. a difference outside of just the, the standard day-to-day um, uh, servicing of, of customers and, and making products. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you, you touched on an important point around uh, collaboration and the, 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 the diversity in, in different ideas from people from different, from different walks mm. of life. And whether that's yeah. at a management level, whether that's on the floor, um, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. Everybody's had different experiences and um, come across different challenges that they've faced, or um, have implemented different solutions that work. And, and I encourage everybody, um, ir- irrespective of what type of uh, manufacturing business you do have, that you do involve mm. your staff members in those discussions, and not only to make them feel a part of the process and get buy-in to to change um, that that needs to take place, whether it's instigated by them or by you. Um, but everybody does have a different perspective on uh, the way something should be done. And all it takes is uh, one idea that may not necessarily be the the, the end solution, but it, it just triggers mm. a, a chain of thought um, uh, yep. or, or a light bulb moment for somebody else. And, and, it, and it all goes from there. And that's pretty cliche. I mean, a lot of people say that, um, but not, I don't think a lot of people practice it. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. encourage uh, people to sort of take take a leaf out of your book in that respect, and and do mm. really focus on 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 staff retention. Um, and is there any other any other examples of things that you guys have done um, to to help with with retention of staff outside of uh, sort of collaborating with them and listening to their ideas? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we you know uh, even small things like, for example, on Saturdays we have. Um, a lot of times my dad loves to stop past the Preston Market, uh, pick up some fresh rolls, some fresh veggies, some salami and cheese. And uh, people are, like our staff are all welcome to come in um, to have breakfast on us, sit down, have a chat. Not necessarily working. They're not They're not there to work. We're not bringing them in for overtime or anything like that or trying to bribe them with food. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's more just literally just to come and hang out. And, and our... So our employee and a lot of our um, wholesale clients take take advantage of that too. So we enjoy that you know that that conversational, relaxed environment where people know that this is not just somewhere you come just for work or just to get told what to do or only to buy stuff and pick up stuff. It's not purely a uh, what do we call it? like a transactional relationship. Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot more personable. 
And yeah, yeah we, we've found that that helps, uh, yeah, with staff attention, but also with, with business as well. So it's a kind of a, um, you know, a double whammy that we get to do. Well, that, that was going to be my next question is what, what are the benefits that you found uh, from that specifically? Yeah. So, I mean, we just in, in terms of sitting around, you start learning a lot more about your, your employees, the kind of people you're working with and, and who's on the factory floor and who, you know, who's walking around the office. I mean, you walk past these people every day. If you don't stop and have a conversation, you've got no idea who it is. So, you know, we, we start learning, you know, that um, a lot of the boys that we have are all um, are from Turkey, just coincidentally. And um, yeah, we, we learned a lot of them love dancing. So you know, for our Christmas party, we put on some Turkish music. They're all dancing around together. Um, yeah, so that, that kind of happiness that we try to breed throughout the, throughout the factory uh, and throughout the office, uh, I mean, that's, that's gold. It's so valuable um, as an employer. And nothing makes me happier than walking around the factory and the office and seeing people smiling, seeing people in, having fun. They, they come up to me and they share a story from the weekend or you, know, you ask them, oh, hey, how, how was your weekend? They care enough to tell you something that they did that was interesting to them on the weekend. Yeah, um, yeah that, that kind of stuff to make people look forward to, to coming to work and, and putting in that little bit of extra effort um, to their work because they, they care about it. Yeah. And, and I think it's also important to note though, that you got to, if you, if you do want to implore those or implement those kinds of practices that you genuinely need to care, um, it's yeah. not a question that yeah. an offhanded question that you want to ask you, 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 that, that, that people can see through that very quickly. Um, yeah. so it's obvious yeah. that you, you, you genuinely care about the people and you, you want to be there, um, for them and, and have a good time with them as well. And, uh, sort of remove that, that ivory tower that can sort of set in at times yeah. between, between management and, and the team. So I think that's fantastic. And obviously, um, from what I, I guess I can sense you're saying is that there's been a direct correlation between uh, that overall improve of happiness and mood amongst the team to, to results um, and productivity yeah. And, yeah. Um, uh, and, and retention of staff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, we're, we're turning over like every, every week, every couple of weeks, there was somebody new in the factory but then when we change the way we think and the way we behave and um, start, you know, making a, a meaningful effort to, to retain staff and, and also, you know, measure performance at the same time. So you kind of get, you get an idea of where you need to improve for your employees as opposed to just, you know, finding out suddenly that production is not where it should be. Um, you know, that, like that kind of stuff, for example, is, is also super helpful um, for maintaining employee happiness because, you know, you kind of guide them in the right direction. It, we don't want, we're not expecting people to come off the streets and just know exactly what to do. We, we put in the effort to say, you know, hey, this is the procedure. This is how it's done. This is why we do it the way we do it. And this is your, your goal. And so when they start making a mistake, you can kind of guide them in that direction that you, that you want them to go. Again, yeah. uh, it, that's another element of contributing to just a positive workplace experience. Yeah. Um, and yet, since then, we, we very rarely lose staff at the moment just for the sake of, you know, you know a couple of dollars here and there or, or they're not happy at the workplace or something like that. Yeah. And I think one of, one of the, the, the things that you just mentioned there is, is really important is the why you do things the way mm. that you do them. Um, it's very easy to show somebody a procedure or an SOP or a video of how to do something yeah. um, yep. and, they, and they can follow it. But, but really understanding why it's done in that particular way. 
um, really helps to cement that understanding of, of what it is that they're actually doing. And when they do make a mistake, um, why that was the case. Um, yeah, because otherwise yeah. you're kind of just teaching people to, to be quite robotic um, and follow a step-by-step yeah, exactly. step process, but really understanding um, whether it's why you deal with a particular material in a particular way yep. um, really yep. helps them to, to understand that and grasp the concept better. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And we collect yeah. all of that that information, that data, you know, when we get feedback, when somebody makes a mistake, we have our, you know, our defect register, for example. Um, you know, that that's not just a something to write down things and, and point the finger at. It's for us to learn and figure out, okay, well, if we're seeing the same mistake over and over again in the same department, something needs to change. We need to change a process, maybe where a material is located, maybe where it's picked. Um, you know, maybe we need to change the process of how it's picked. Any anything like that, um, that that information, um, that data collection is is very very useful overall. Yeah, and I think that's a fantastic mindset because um, there are there are instances where people will point fingers and um, play the blame game, um, and, and and even if the blame game is not played, people kind of just pass over what the actual root cause of the issue was. Um, and and it, yep. like I've spoken to other people in the past and in, in another episode uh, on, on this podcast, we talked about staff do want to do a good job. They, they mm. feel bad if they do the wrong thing. So nobody's really out there to uh, actually do the wrong thing. But by working with them to understand what the, the root cause of the problem was, could have been the tool isn't, you know, not yeah. sharp enough yeah. or it's um, out of alignment yeah. or something like that, something completely out of their control or, or they didn't know how to adjust. Um, mm. so, so actually sitting down and working out that root cause, uh, analysis is, is critically important at every, at every point, um, where there's a, a quality issue that's, that's occurred. But you, you also, you also talked a little bit uh, about data and I know one of the, the main, uh, improvements that you're making, uh, within the business at the moment is really focusing on better understanding, uh, the data across all facets yep. of the business. Um, tell me, tell me yep. a little bit more about that. How's, how's that going for you? Yeah, yeah, really, really good. So um, we, you know, we're, people are only as smart as the, the the software, sorry, that people are using is only as smart as the people that are actually using them. So we've we've made a specific effort uh, over the last like couple of years to really um, use our our manufacturing software to the the fullest of its capability. And so part of that includes you know generating reports on uh, you know what what's uh, what products we're manufacturing the most during what periods of the year and drilling down to what colors are the most popular during what times of the year and um, you know what are our average turnaround times for, for different products and do the do those uh, turnaround times vary you know throughout the year so that kind of data collection um, it's there it's just a matter of what we actually do with that information so as an example for the colors if we know that uh, October, November, December are our busiest months, you know, in the lead up to Christmas, obviously everything, everyone wants everything done ASAP. And we know that the most popular color during that period is say monument, for example, we, we can plan our, our purchasing strategy. So in the lead up to that period, we might overstock the, our monument material, whatever it might be, so that we don't run out during that period and we're not yeah. you know, sitting there with our hands out, hands empty to our suppliers being like, hey, quickly, I need you know, a, as much of this as possible when everybody else is doing that at the same time. So we try to be a little bit more strategic about our approach to, to that. So, and that's just one of the small ways that it helps um, with, 
with the business. We've got that data collection that will help you with purchasing. Another another great advantage that it's helped us with is is our marketing. So we know that certain products are more popular during winter as opposed to summer. So we sort of target our, our marketing strategy to to focus around those products during those periods of uh, of the year. Um, yeah, you know, hot and cold. Yeah. So yeah. so that's just one of the few ways um, that, that it helps out. Yeah, I think it's a very important topic because uh, digitization in in the manufacturing industry is um, is quite hot. There's a lot of people that are doing it if they haven't already. Um, and I implore any any manufacturing business, um, big or small, to to really mm. look at your digitization and, and technology because there are so many uh, cost saving benefits uh, across so many different areas of the business. But I think the important thing is to to structure in when you review that information. So what information do you need to see first of all? How does that align to what the business is trying to achieve as an overall? But yeah. really setting that time in to to make sure that you're adjusting. Uh, specific numbers, you know, around minimum hold quantities or reorder quantities, lead times, yep. um, all those sorts of things, uh, really understanding your sales numbers and whether it's quarterly or monthly or whatever it may be, but but really understanding mm. that data and, and first of all, having a platform to get that data, number one, um, yeah. but then yeah. number two, uh, making sure that the information is accurate. Number three, having a structure to review that information and then and then make informed decisions because you're 100% right. The data is there and, and it's only yeah. as good as the people that are managing it. So, um, yeah. Anybody yeah. out there that does does have an ERP system or, or any form of system mm-hmm. that can generate that information, um, yeah, yeah, take some time to with your team to really really think about uh, what what areas of the business you could get some reports on and um, what what that structure needs to look like to make sure that you're you're getting the data that you need to make make those informed choices. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, you you expand on that. You start looking at, you know, um, okay, well, how many warranty um, jobs did we have to do this year? So then you can you can put that up against as a ratio to your overall amount of jobs. You work out your percentage. You're like, okay, well, this year we had you know a a two percent warranty rate um, as opposed to last year, which was maybe three and a half percent. So we had a one and a half percent reduction of of warranty jobs. That's fantastic, you know that. But you don't you don't know that information if you don't if you don't have it. You don't know to look at it. Same with um, salespeople. You look at their closing ratios and, and you look at okay, well, how is your how is your ratio improved or um, or gotten worse over time? And you kind of again you can focus on on where it is, and then you can time it. You know, it's like some things you look at you look at weekly, some things you look at monthly, and that way, you know, you're not getting to the end of the year and only looking at things at the end of the year and go, oh man, like if I had known I was heading in this direction <laughs> eight months ago, I would have made a decision back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a bit of forecasting involved. Yeah, uh, but look, I think it's I think it's certainly worthwhile. Um, and a lot of these systems allow you to automate uh, that sort of information and, and download mm. reports uh, automatically, but yep. it's certainly worth um, investing the time to to save more time uh, down the track. Yeah. Um, so completely yeah. great, mate. I love I love everything you guys are doing. Um, I love the family nature of the business. I love that there's a, a, a super focus on on staff retention and really getting to know your people and and driving that sort of empathy mm. and collaboration. Um, and obviously, getting smarter around your numbers and your data is is going to make a world of difference. Uh, to the business moving forward. But uh, is there anything else that you would like to share uh, with everybody listening? Uh, yeah, I mean, this this year we're we're focusing a lot on our, um, our our quality, our professionalism, our processing. So really trying to take that next step as a business. So, you know, 
improving our everything from improving our signage and our and our branding around the factory. Um, you know, having uh, regular meetings with all of our staff to check in, see how they're doing, having one on ones, making sure people are happy, taking on feedback uh, from 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 uh, employees. Um, and yeah, we're, we're focusing quite a bit on growing this year. So, you know, potentially looking at um, relocating to a larger factory. So we've got we've got three factories at the moment. Logistically, kind of makes things a little bit difficult. Yeah, put everything under one roof. You know, that's that's always really good. Um, kind of you know helps things flow a little bit easier. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, they're, they're the they're the biggest things we're working on um, this year. So looking yeah, forward nice. to a really good. Yeah, it's exciting. Growth is always a um a nervous mm. excitement time. Um, yes. There's a hell of a lot yeah. of work that needs to be done, but uh, it is an exciting time. And as you start to see the results come in, it's uh, it's it's really rewarding. But mate, where where do people get in touch with you? Um, how how can they how can they reach out? Tell us your website details. What what's it all look like? Yeah, beautiful. So our our showroom's located at uh, one forty five Newlands Road in Coburg North. Our website is www.securityplusshows.com.au. Uh, so you head over there. We've got all of our products online, um, all the all the various information about our business and our people. Um, we have our you know little chats on there where people can get in contact with us. Um, in New South Wales, we're at number unit four, number seventeen, Stennett Road, Ingleburn. And so, yeah, people are more than happy to um, come past and have a look at our showrooms and seeing all the different, you know, weird and wonderful products we have on on display. <laughs> no, awesome, mate. Well, everybody, please, please get in touch uh, with Anton and the team uh, if you can utilize their support. Um, I said to Anton in our last meeting that I need to have a chat around our security door because, you know, my wife wants a wants a security door. So, Anton, once we once we jump off here, mate, we'll have a bit of a chat. But, um I really <laughs> I really appreciate your your time today. Um, really, really looking forward to having you as part of the association this year and the and the value that you can contribute to to the rest of the group. But um, yeah, again today, thank you for your time and and thank you for your input. No worries, thank you. And uh, yeah, look, really looking forward to to becoming a bigger part of the association and when watching it grow and be a part of its growth. And uh, yeah, once again, thank you for for just you know um, giving manufacturers a, a platform to to share their knowledge and uh, you know contributes in any way they can to, to other industries. No, you're welcome, mate. And uh, we, we would love for more to get on board to to share to share in that journey as well. But uh, I do have a little bit of a plug. On the 5th of March, we will be holding our first event for the year. Um, it's going to be an optimization uh, of energy in manufacturing events. So we will have a group, uh, which we'll be doing a podcast episode with uh, in a few weeks' time. Um, talking about how to optimize your your factory floor and better understand your energy costs and so forth. So uh, any manufacturers uh, within Victoria, especially because it will be held in Melbourne, that would love to come down to that, please get in touch and uh, you'll also be able to uh, get on down and, and meet Anton too. So, um, but again, Anton, thanks for your time, mate. Really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to catching up soon. Thank you, mate. Have a great day. You too, mate. Catch up.